This week, we're joined by Blind Men Brewing and the Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute to talk about how they're applying AI to craft beer. Plus, Startup TNT has announced the top 20 for its next investment summit. EasyOps has acquired two companies, and the Yeg Startup Community Awards are next week. Hi, I'm Emily Randall Watson. And I'm Faiza Ramji, and this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. So as you just heard, we have two guests joining us today. Kirk Semble is the co-founder of Blind Men Brewing out of Lacombe, Alberta, and David Chan is the product lead for industry at EMI, otherwise known as the Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Yeah, well, thank you both for being here today and uh, diving into two very exciting topics that both equally have a very important place on this podcast, food slash drink, <laughs> drink obviously in this case, <laughs> and uh, and AI. So let's dig into the partnership that Blindman Brewing and Amy have developed. Obviously, your most recent announcement had to do with beer labels. So Kirk, can you tell us a little bit about what you've been working on? Yeah, absolutely. So we release a beer every May long. It's called May long double IPA, and it's one of our most hyped up beers um, and we decided to do something, I don't know, a little fun this year where we incorporated AI into the actual design, the graphic design of the actual labels, which, you know, may be the first time that's ever been done. Um, and so obviously we worked with the premier folks that, uh, that deal with AI and ML in this province, uh, David and crew at Amy. So David, tell me a bit more about this. How does AI help to generate the the art on the label and, you know, from from what I understand, it's it's quite impressive what you've been able to do. Absolutely happy happy to get into that. So basically, what we what we used is a technique that came up uh, a few years ago and ago, and it's called neural style transfer, and that leverages the power of deep neural networks. It's called to, to synthesize a new image by uh, mixing the content of one image with the style of another image, in, and you can sort of play around with it, adjust proportions and things like that. Um, to kind of give it the look and feel that you want to. So it's really cool uh, in that you can sort of uh, mimic the style of a particular artist that you're really interested in and then superimpose that or combine it with uh, imagery that you want to generate in that style. And so what we did is actually use that technique uh, and apply it to landmarks in and around in and around Edmonton, because of course, Amy is the Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute, and then use that to basically create uh, new artwork of those landmarks uh, to, in the end, you know, along with the designer, um, create that the final label that goes on to the, the May Long Double IPA. So the beer is being released in anticipation of AI Week, which is being put on by Amy from May 24th to 27th. But this isn't your first time working together, right? I think the two of you have worked on a couple of other projects together. Kirk, can you tell me how you guys initially connected and, and when you started working together? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a program that Amy offers that I recommend to you know any any small medium business that's looking to reduce their carbon emission. It's called Remy, um, reducing emissions through mach machine intelligence. Um, so we got involved with Amy as part of that because we have an ongoing CO2 recapture and reuse project. Um, there's a lot of interesting questions that could be answered with you know a question and answer machine that Amy is will help us build. Um, so we've been working with them all oh, for about the past year here and there. 
it's a great program. We were with a local tech company, Wyvern, which is doing great things in the city as well. And yeah, David, do you want to want to mention anything else about the program? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as, as Kirk mentioned, REMI stands for reducing emissions through machine intelligence, and we're actually running it uh, until the end of this calendar year. And so it was made possible through uh, a grant that we received from the provincial government, specifically the TIER program there. And so it is really exciting, uh, as Kirk mentioned, because it we're really driving towards those emission reduction outcomes. And oftentimes when you think about that and when you hear the title, you immediately sort of think about traditional industries, which are a great fit, of course, for this program as well. But it also goes beyond that. And I think Kirk and Blindman are really an awesome example of that because uh, there is other opportunities for applying AI and machine learning uh, for emission reduction outcomes. And so uh, we were really excited uh, to work with Kirk and Blindman and, and help them flesh out, you know, what does that roadmap, what does that potential journey look like in terms of integrating AI and ML when it comes to capturing the CO2 that they're working with and reducing uh, their costs and, and making it greener in the process. So, Kirk, can we dig into the CO2 capture a little bit more? Can you can you just explain to us what you're doing with that project and what was the motivation to even start thinking about digging into this problem? So, you know, FISA... You know, you know better than most that in when you ferment things to make alcohol, you're producing ethanol and you're also producing CO2. And typically that CO2 just goes to the atmosphere. Um, but often you're also using CO2 to carbonate things like beer and other those kind of beverages. So it's a, we're a perfect example of where you can create a little circular loop in your own process where you capture the CO2 you use, you clean it up a bit, and then you reuse it in your own process it reduces costs, it reduces emissions, maybe even increased quality. Um, so we've been working on this for oh, about five years now. Being we're going to be you know the first one to use this technology in Canada, we've there's been some growing pains. The first ven- first vendor we were going to use they had, went went out of business. We found another venture out of Texas. Um, right now we're going through a, a regulatory review with the Alberta government to certify it for use in Canada. We're learning that when you're the first person to do something, you're also the first person to do it. And uh, you know, there's a saying, the first one through the door, first one through the jungle ends up with a lot of arrows in their backs. But uh, we're working through all that. And we're excited about the possibility to really green our operations, cut costs. You know, it's easy win, win, win. And there's, you know, 1,700 breweries in Canada that could use this technology. Nice. Like when you think about it logically, you're like, oh, yeah, you're creating CO2, but you're also buying CO2 doesn't, you know, there's kind of an obvious benefit there, but until, but because things have just always been done a certain way, you just kind of keep doing them until somebody actually decides to, to do it differently or to tap into how it could be improved. And it's, it's much easier to capture this CO2 versus say, trying to capture it from a combustion source, like a boiler or a furnace or something. We essentially produce pure CO2. So we we should be able to easily capture it, reuse in our process, but we want to make sure that we're doing it so that we're not you know, creating extra costs. We're doing it the most efficiently. We also want to make sure the quality of our CO2 is top notch. And that's where we really think that AI can, and machine learning can really help us. Because in the end, Fais, as you know, fermentation is a biological process. It requires living things. And as we all know, living things can be a little bit fickle. Um, so we're hoping that AI and ML can kind of help us understand, you know, what our yeast is doing? How's it feeling uh, in any given day? So David, in terms of, for you, your side of things throughout this work, what have you and, and the Blindman team learned so far and, and where is the project at now? 
So we started working with BlindBan uh, really at the at the beginning stage of, of AI adoption. So Kirk, if, if you recall what we talked about or what we oftentimes talk about at Amy is the AI adoption spectrum. And really sort of companies can range from the very beginning of the AI adoption spectrum to the very uh, the very advanced stage of, of AI adoption. And so Kirk and Blind Run Brewing came into the program, you know, starting out pretty early on. And so we worked with, with Kirk to um, help him level set when it comes to language around AI and ML, really understand what is the art of the possible there, So, which we find really useful for grounding those conversations that you're going to have as an organization going forward. And then from there, we went into a, a really intensive and systematic ideation session to understand what are the opportunities and what are the processes that Kirk and Blindman undertake on an ongoing basis where potentially AI and ML can fit in and can assist. And so we really helped them work through that systematic process, that ideation process to try to map out what are the opportunities, how risky are they, and how much um, reward is there at the end of the day so that Kirk and his team can really have a better understanding of what that roadmap should look like and when, when is the right time to engage and continue seizing on those opportunities. Kirk, uh, I know you're in the process of procuring equipment, as you alluded to just earlier, going through some approvals with the provincial government. So maybe you can comment a little bit on where you're at with the data collection process and, and then uh, how we, which is a, really a key next step so we can start building out some of the methodologies to really, as Kirk alluded to, you know, find out when is the right time to recapture that CO2 when you can actually reuse it um, and when is potentially not the right time to do so. And that's a, a key opportunity where we see AI and ML being able to play a role. Data, 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 data. You can't, I, it sounds like you can't have any kind of AI or ML system without, you know, getting quality data that'll hopefully produce the kind of patterns that a question answer machine could help you then make decisions on. Um, so that's at the stage right now is trying to understand the data that we, we can collect, uh, the data we need to figure out, find ways to collect. Because again, Fermentation is a living process. It changes. We're producing all sorts of different beers, all sorts of different conditions. Inputs are changing. So it behaves in certain ways and produces CO2 in different ways. And there's not a lot of, lot, not, not a lot of literature on, okay, you know, during this stage of fermentation, we're producing this kind of quality, this amount of CO2. We're, we're having to understand that as we go. And we really believe that, you know, some kind of question answer machine that could tell us, okay, you know, start the equipment, stop the equipment based on what patterns we're seeing in the fermentation, different data as a proxy for certain processes. It's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. I could talk for hours, I'm sure on it, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, you know, we won't, uh, we won't keep you here for hours, but I am definitely curious what else you're hoping to apply AI and machine learning to, because, you know, even the data points that you mentioned, I, I, to me, logically, that makes sense that that's data. But when I think about AI, like I would never have made the connection that that's the type of data you could actually capture and then use in terms of improving your process. So what else are you hoping to apply AI to? And, and what else are you thinking about with your business specifically? Yeah, working with David and the crew, there's a couple other, you know, kind of high potential ideas. One around utilities usage, like, you know, we burn natural gas to produce steam to make beer. We want to reduce that both to reduce costs and really to cut our emissions. You know, it's, it's a big, big problem we're facing as a world and we really need to do what we can to reduce emissions, especially in cases where it saves money. You know, so trying to optimize when we're firing our boiler, you know, depending on different inputs. And then there's stuff on projecting sales. 
stock issues, warehousing, logistics um, that, you know, it's fairly complex. When you start running, you know, a few warehouses, you have drivers, you've got beer going here, there and everywhere. Things start to uh, things start to get pretty complex um, and there might be opportunities both, you know, David, I'll tell you both on the shelf or in-house design solutions to kind of help you help us, you know, answer some of those questions. Cool. David, I might be, I might be chatting with you later to figure out how you can help me because I, I do think, um, I do think it's interesting to think about like this combination of something that seems so highly technical and, you know, normally we think about applying it in fields that are very traditional, like maybe, or maybe not traditional because it's still new, but you know, things like computer games or computer programs or even medicine, but to see it applied in food and drink and, and I guess when you think about it, it's just really supply chain and manufacturing. So that that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, 100% agreed there for sure. And I think that's one of the area, one of the things that we're really excited about, both personally and, and at Amy, right, is that AI and ML has such huge potential and it really cuts across industries, right? So, you know, oftentimes when you think about AI and ML, the first thing that will come to mind is those large organizations like Google, for example. And absolutely, they do a ton of amazing stuff with AI and ML, but it also does not stop there, right? So it, it cuts across industries and there's potential to apply it in different domains. And also, again, alluding back to that AI adoption spectrum, sort of, you know, at different stages of where companies are at. So if a company is starting to think about AI and ML, there's opportunities there. But then also, you know, we see companies that are doing really advanced things and are really far along. Uh, and that's uh, AI and ML has, has huge potential and um, applications in those areas as well. David, when you talk about some of those projects in terms of some of some of your other work at Amy with businesses on AI adoption, what what other kinds of things are in the works? Yeah, um, a ton really. So it is really exciting. So uh, because it does cut across, and because you know at Amy we have expertise that. Uh, can be really broad when it comes to AI and how AI is applied, but also very deep, right? We That's really where, where our roots are and where we came from, right? And that's actually part of what we're celebrating here at AI Week coming up in a couple of weeks is that 20 years of investment in, in AI research and excellence, which has really brought Alberta and Amy to this point. But specifically when it comes to organizations that we've worked with, you know, there there are lots of applications. Uh, for, you know, I, I heard in your introduction, you actually alluded to EasyOps. There sounds like it, there's an announcement coming there later in the podcast. But EasyOps is an organization that that is using AI and ML right now in order to try to reduce operating expenses and emissions through task prioritization and uh, cost slash uh, production predictions there, right? So that's a, another example. Another example of a company we've worked with is Profire Energy. They, again, work in that emission reduction space, or sorry, I shouldn't say they work in the emission reduction space but they see opportunities in that space by optimizing burner management uh, they, that they control it at production sites. And so determining, for example, when a burner is out of tune, there's no way of measuring that directly. And that goes again back to that a little bit of that proxy idea that Kirk mentioned just a minute ago, where you don't have really a good way of measuring that directly. So how can we use AI and ML to really you know, use the power of those technologies to see some of those hidden patterns that would allow you to intervene early there and make those adjustments when otherwise there's really no good way of knowing if, if you're having a problem there or not. So Profire Energy works in burner management. And so making sure that all their burners are, are working as optimally as possible 
is another really nice example of how you can apply AI and ML. Okay. Now, if a business isn't in the tech realm and they aren't familiar with AI, how can they determine if it's something that might help their business? That's a great question. Uh, and uh, and I think Kirk is, again, a really nice example of that. Um, Amy can work with companies up and down that AI adoption spectrum. And I work on the industry product team, we call it, but we also have other product teams that specialize in other areas that really allow us to work with a wide range of organizations. So for example, my colleague runs the, the startup program, which is looking to engage startup companies right now on some of those questions that you, that you alluded to in terms of, you know, is AI right for me? And should I be thinking about implementing AI now at this time? And so even if you're not a tech company, we can work with you to go through a very similar process to what Blind Man went through in terms of level setting on the, on the technology. What is it? What is it not? You hear so much in the media about what what you can do with AI and ML, and there's a lot of verbiage to, to sort through there. So we can help raise the level of dialogue within your business around AI and ML. And then you can tell us about what processes are you undertaking? What challenges are you seeing? And we can work together to figure out if, if AI and ML might be a tool that, that can help you solve some of those problems. So, you know, absolutely. It can be tech companies, it can be large companies or small companies, but we really try to apply ourselves with all different uh, sizes and domains so that we can help them figure out if, if and when is the right time to engage on leveraging those opportunities, those, those technologies for your business. Okay. Well, I'm excited to, to see more businesses continue to do this kind of work. And, um, you know, like you said, hopefully uh, leverage what's, what's possible with AI. And Kirk, uh, with Blindman, I think it'll be really intriguing to see how you continue working with the CO2 capture technology and how that continues to evolve in the future as well. So th thank you both for, for joining Faiza and I on the podcast and uh, telling us about this work. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and, and maybe if I can just make one more last shout out, um, you know, the things that we touched on today, so that celebration of AI in Alberta is coming up just two weeks from now. So anyone who's interested in thinking about how does AI apply to my business or wants to learn more, you know, come check us out at AI Week. It's going to be a, an amazing celebration of what we have here in Alberta, and we're all really excited to put that on. Bloom is brought to you by Innovate Edmonton. So last week, we shared the first part of a conversation between Taproot co-founder Mac Mail and Don Newton, the head of Accelerate Edmonton. They talked about Alberta Catalyzer, which is the new provincial pre-accelerator program for Alberta founders. Here is the second part of their conversation. Okay, now we know a little bit about what Alberta Catalyzer is, how it came about, this pre-accelerator and the shift in the ecosystem. Uh, it's new. It started at the beginning of the year here in 2022 with, I think, 35 entrepreneurs from across Alberta. So how have the first few months gone? You know, we've had great feedback from founders. In fact, we've already had two rounds of cohorts uh, graduate. And so we've been learning from them as we go. Our Catalyzer team has grown, so we continue to add new coaches to support that founder journey. And, you know, some of the feedback we've received, um, some examples, maybe Lila Penda from Afrofax, who's here in Edmonton. She has an educational game teaching Black history. And Lila's told us that she really did feel like she'd reached a bit of a pinnacle, like she didn't know what direction to go next. And she still wanted to grow her business, but didn't know how to do that. 
So through participating in the Alberta Catalyzer program, she now had tools to start thinking about her business in a different way and to reach more people. We had an, another um, company, Unimaze, out of Calgary with Tracy Spence and Lindsay Herringer, who uh, came into the program really expecting they needed funding to develop their MVP or their minimal viable product. Through the program and through coaching from our Catalyzer team, they really discovered a path forward so that it didn't hinge on funding in order for them to continue building their business. And those are the kind of stories that we really love to hear, right? There's there's so many founders out there that are trying to do this on their own that don't necessarily have the tools or have a lot of questions. What do I do? How do I, how do I position my product? Uh, how do I reach customers? And so those are some of the things that our coaches are really helping um, the companies work through. So right from the beginning, having that kind of feedback is really phenomenal for the Alberta Catalyzer team. We're getting to know each other so much better as we continue to work through um, several cohorts. So we're currently in our third round of programming and have in fact now launched um, the second learning stream. So we have four cohorts running concurrently right now, two within um, something we call Engage and uh, two cohorts running in our traction program. So really exciting to be able to be at right now working with about 50 different founders through this online program. It's so great to hear Alberta Catalyzers having such a positive impact on entrepreneurs already. Thank you. We're feeling the same way. This episode of Bloom is also brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, they can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business. And Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. So the top 20 has been announced for the Startup TNT Investment Summit that's coming up in June, on June 23rd. It uh, looks like there's 20 companies each for Edmonton, Calgary, and Saskatchewan. So from Edmonton, I don't know that I'm going to list all of these because there's so many, but a couple ones just to mention are Correct AI, Fairly Staffing, Just Black, you might recognize the name Just Cook, Rocket Fire Labs, What's the Deal, another one I've seen around Edmonton quite a bit, and Zero Point Cryogenics. So those are just a few of them. And uh, those 20 will be pitching tonight, uh, May 12th, for a shot in that summit on June 23rd. Awesome. There's a lot of great companies. It's nice to see that there's 60 in total. You may recall that I applied for the summit a number of weeks ago, Emily, and I know you're being kind by not asking (laughs) how it went because it's obvious that my company name is not in this list. But I will say it was still an excellent experience. And the team does reach out and offer feedback. So if you are thinking about it in the future, yeah, I think it's like, again, it's a really interesting opportunity to learn. And pitching yourself is a bit unnatural. Uh, Your company Mm -hmm. is a bit unnatural to most people. So, you know, I I still think it was pretty cool. And if they feel sorry for me and just want to give my company money anyway, I am totally happy to take it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, uh, yeah, that it's just a great experience to go through that. And Honestly, I'd be, I don't know this um, number, but I would be surprised if they don't receive like 
an immense number of applications at this point because um, they've just picked up so much momentum with this summit at this point. I think it's, yeah, I'd be surprised if they weren't receiving quite the influx of, of people. So, and it's, it's, I feel like it's tough in the sense that it's like, it just so much depends on who applies and the kind of set of companies and, and like the, whether they're focused in specific areas or I don't know how much that plays into the decision, but I'm, I'd be surprised if that wasn't part of it uh, as well. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool that like, I mean, they did say they've received more applications this year than in previous years, which speaks to the fact that they are growing, like you said. But I also think it speaks to the fact that there's just more companies that are out there and that are aggressively thinking about scale, which is also super critical. So, you know, even if these guys continue to do the amazing job that they're doing with this program, that doesn't mean we'll have enough demand to keep up or supply to keep up with it. And so the fact that we do, I think, is a huge nod to just the amazing things that are going on in our city and in the prairies. So I'm excited to see so many companies and so many that I've never heard of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say yet because I, I know I will hear of them soon because they're all, they all sound like they're doing amazing things. So Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So speaking of amazing things happening uh, in our community, the Yeg Startup Community Awards are happening next week on May 19th. Emily is back as host. I'm not surprised they asked you again, Emily. And you (laughs) are co-hosting with Arden Che, who is also no stranger to the startup community. This event will be held at Poppy Barley's headquarters in downtown Edmonton. Um, But you can also attend virtually on Zoom if that suits you better. The voting is now closed for the category, the ones that are people's choice. But if you want to check out who wins Startup of the Year or Community Champion of the Year, definitely attend the event. And again, whether you want to attend virtually or in person, they've made it really easy and really inclusive. Yeah, I think uh, lots lots of a really great opportunity with lots of uh, celebration of different startups and entrepreneurs and people doing really important work in Edmonton. So I'm excited to be co-hosting it again this year. And it's very kind of you to say, not surprised that they invited me back. I feel like <laughs> without, I'm not sure if I'm more or less like scatterbrained after two years of pandemic two plus years of the pandemic I feel like it's gotten progressively worse like the brain fog and all that stuff so I'm 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 just glad that they're willing to have me (laughs) again (laughs) and uh no I uh, I'll make sure to get a good night's sleep the night before but I think it will be lots of fun and uh looking forward to seeing people in person and I've actually never been to the poppy barley uh headquarters in downtown Edmonton been to their store um at Southgate several times and spent a lot of money. So I'm looking forward to, to see to seeing where they create all the all the great shoes and bags that they sell. Last one here, you have heard us mention the company Easy Ops one or two times earlier in the episode. So Easy Ops create technology which equips operators to focus on priorities for production and compliance. And they announced that they've acquired two companies. Those companies are Payload Technologies, which is a a cloud-based solution to digitize field tickets and regulatory manifests and Drift Technological Solutions, which is a logistics specialist in fluid management and truck routing. So those companies will help EasyOps to offer data insight and activity scheduling to oil and gas businesses in an effort to produce, maintain, transport, and uh, manage compliance of those assets. So 
that company is is doing well and continues to grow and it'll be great to see what they're able to do with those additional companies in their as part of their team. Nice, that's exciting. Well, that's it for this week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes of Bloom. You can also visit taprootedmonton.ca for the latest innovation news. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Dave Von Beaker and cover art by Vicky Wersinski. 